Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Lost in the Groove with your host, Mike and Dave. Today, we'll be talking about life, society, as well as we can make things better, start a new day for a better tomorrow. Let's continue with the intro music so we can start today's podcast. guys and welcome to another episode of lost in the groove today we're going to be talking about where do immigrants from europe fit in just a disclaimer listener's discretion is advised mike would you like to take it away absolutely we've talked about so much up until this point and this episode is going to be special it's not where we want to in a way offend anybody but we would like to share these ideas with the audience. So let's start with Italians. An essential part of the United States history is the immigration of Italians coming to America and starting a new life like many of us have for themselves, for their families. The existing things we spoke about were minorities before. The general term for minorities is non-white, even though Many minority groups in the United States are white. When they immigrated to the United States, the Italians didn't understand American culture. To compensate, as we may all do, and try to adapt, they built communities of their own, forming protection groups that we call the Italian Mafia. So they brought a lot to the table. When they came to the United States, they opened America to their cuisines, tweaking it to American tastes, and they brought carpenters that helped design many buildings and structures in the United States. So you might ask yourself, Italians are white, and they are a minority in the United States, so why are they not included in this so-called minority stereotype? Why do you think, David? One probable cause for this is due to this idea in the United States of oppression, then freedom, then liberation. An example of this is the path a lot of black Americans have gone through in the United States. You know, the, the, the oppression, the freedom, uh, which is being freed from being slaves, and then the liberation, which was a civil rights movement in the 1960s. This type of idea has created this illusion or type of fictional text that we find in our history where minorities have to be non-white. They can't be Caucasian. What happens is you have all of these groups, the Italians, as well as Irish, as well as other European countries like Germany and the UK, uh, Netherlands, France, all immigrating here to the United States. They are a minority, but they are forgotten because it's more supposedly, quote-unquote, important to talk about the non-white minorities because they've been through, quote-unquote, more than other groups. I think a good example of this would be the Russians. They're another group of minorities in the United States. It sometimes depends on who you ask. But still, the most recent case of immigration from Russia was during the Cold War, 
where many Russians fled the Soviet Union and came to the United States to start a new life. The media tends to never mention nor risk. They never recognize that the Russian people who immigrated here, even though many of them risked their lives and many were killed trying to flee the oppression of the Iron Curtain, it's cured like a disease. How cruel the United States screams the word of freedom, but yet doesn't care to even recognize those who helped to make that freedom a reality. Similar to the question before, how is a nation that shunned quote-unquote communism okay with not recognizing the people that answered their message and instead put it on the back of the history books like unwanted literature that's never meant to be read? That's a great point. I mean, if we look throughout history, there are so many people that have migrated here looking for opportunity or looking to escape oppression from their country of origin. And uh, we have talked about in great detail of the contributions within these demographics. Throughout the years, you know, we have seen some of these contributions come out where it's documented. It's not like it was from day one. Maybe that has a lot to do with the current times of the past and really just the racism at the time that most definitely existed, uh, whether it's the Italians or the Russians. I mean, both groups of people had tremendous contributions to uh, American culture, uh, development, like was mentioned earlier, cuisine, art. You, I mean, you name it. There's so many things. All of these groups of people have contributed. It's definitely interesting to think that they were never really considered minorities because they were already white. And yet we don't hear it. And that's why it's so important to talk about. Go even further, we'll see that there's so many. I mean, you, na you named many different countries in the European Union, but it goes even further. I mean, uh, over, all over the globe, we've had many people that have come and have done amazing things. And well, the, much of well, the other type of they're not white because they're from Asia, but is the Asian community here in the United States. I think the big mistake that the media has, of course, they're always making mistakes and giving us lies because that's what they're famous for. But their biggest triumph was expressing this discrimination towards the Asian community. But here's the thing. Within the past 125 years of Asians coming to the United States and immigrating here, they were also put into this kind of demographic that many white minorities were put in, which is where, why should we care? You know, they're not the, uh, the liberation speakers. They're not the power breakers. They're not the, the oppressioners. They're not the... Uh, people that have been put in chains and locks and been tortured. Well, not every single type of person or type of group goes through the exact same thing. Just because the Italians weren't slaves here in the United States and they didn't have liberation until the 1960s, 
the Italians went through a lot here in the United States. A lot of businesses were failing. They could not make money and they would have, we mentioned this earlier, the mafia, which would loan them money so they can keep afloat. There are many that were starving and they didn't have any food because a lot of different reasons. I mean, it's a different country. They're not used to this culture and you can't expect anything otherwise. There wasn't any way of them adapting and having any understanding. So they had to figure things on out on their own. And the same thing with the Russians. They came to this country from the Soviet Union. You think America would try to make it a little bit easier. They come to a world that has, you can walk and not get shot. You can buy your own car. You could buy your own home. They, they didn't know how any of these things work. You think that America would try to help these people that have been oppressed for so many years, but no, they didn't help them. They were like, well, here's your passport. Enjoy. Right. What? Now you're now you have freedom. Kind of figure it out for yourself, you know. Pretty much. In turn, you know, you you have such a history of um, of a lot of these people, whether it's the Italians or the Russians, that had to figure it out for themselves. And that's where you have these protection groups that like many of the gangs from the 70s. They were just trying to support their communities. It wasn't about violence. And I imagine over time that most certainly changed as they required a mechanism for revenue. And that's where we hear about organized crime. I mean, it does go back pretty far if we look at the, uh, the 20s and 30s and 40s. But still, it wasn't specifically about that. It was just about survival. And it's a good point that though we have a lot of uh, a lot of people around the globe that have come to contribute, a lot of them weren't necessarily Caucasian. And so right. it is it is important to note that those that were most certainly had difficult lives when they got here, even though they were white. And I feel it's it's an interesting perspective to look at it through this light. And um, and I think when we could do compare it, it's there, there, it shouldn't necessarily be compared that right. if you if you are a colored person and you know you have a history of enslavement and torture and many things it doesn't mean that if uh, you were part of the uh, italian people or the russian people that there weren't difficulties when you got here though Correct. they weren't though they weren't enslaved though it was just a different type of struggle altogether. Correct. And, and of course, right, the, the, the racism from a century ago is, is different from today, but it was very real. And hence why you had, you know, these people develop their communities the way they did and stuck together and tried to climb out uh, and develop their own culture and their own mechanisms for survival. It's incredible when yeah. we when we dive in to this type of history and see you make great points it, it's really important uh to um to understand that uh, that uh, oppression isn't just uh, or wasn't just for a specific colored minority you know of course if you want to say this in your own words it's about the scandinavians that's a tough minority group to speak about, but they've been here for a long time. I mean, hundreds of years, really, way before the United States was formed. The other issue is descendants of the Scandinavians founded many white supremacy groups. 
So why are we bringing them up at all? Well, I guess not every Scandinavian descendant was racist. I guess that's probably the point here. Correct. But they are the similar to the Italians. They figured out how to survive in the new place that they're living in, you know, based on the skills that they had from their own country. The Scandinavians are an example of a privileged minority that due to the fact that they're white, over time, they were able to blend into American culture. So I said this earlier, because Scandinavians were similar to other groups, but the difference was they were here hundreds of years before America was founded. You know, we've heard the stories of Vikings that to the Americas way before Christopher Columbus ever came here. Many Scandinavians, specifically from Norway and Sweden and Denmark, they had settlers that came to the United States and settled in the Midwest. Their story was, like many other white minority groups in the United States, they started to become oppressive towards the groups of minorities that were non-white because they wanted to be able to fit in. We're not here to put down the Scandinavian descents. Quite the opposite. We're trying to prove a point where minorities forget that they once were a minority themselves. The questions still remain with European immigration here in the United States, that some are ignored and some have forgotten their past. Right. And in a lot of ways, that might be just the way time flows. You know, having hundreds of years uh, of history, things can be forgotten, especially if things aren't as well documented, right? There was no internet. I mean, maybe there was some form of document keeping, but it wasn't like anything of modern day. You know, the future generations can easily forget, especially as they climb up through the social economic ladder. It's just, it seems like if we look back to history, that every group that at some point when they do come into some form of control or power or influence, become the oppressor and forget that in their past, they were very much in that same situation. Again, there may have not been enough history. Uh, and of course, there is the aspect of who's telling that history, who is teaching the next generation of, right. you, know, you know, this is where we came from. And this, these were the struggles <clears throat> that we went through. I don't, you know, I don't know how much was actually documented of their past, it, it definitely begs the question, you know, why is it that uh, people don't realize, no matter their background, if they are white, that at some point, their family members long ago went through a lot of the same troubles and difficulties for of survival. That's really what it is. It's so of survival. I'm, I'm going to try to answer this as best as I can. I grew up in New York State. Uh, specifically, I grew up in Rockland County. One famous thing about New York is it's a state mainly made of minorities, not primarily mixed minorities, primarily white minorities. So here in New York, I was raised with many Italian-Americans, many, many Russian-Americans, many Korean-Americans, Irish, 
Uh, we've had uh, German, Moroccan, uh, Pakistani, Iraqi, Iranian, Syrian, uh, Israeli, uh, Mexican, Honduran, Ecuadorian, Guatemalan. I mean, this is just where I grew up. This is just the area I grew up in. And the list just goes on. I saw as a child and living here, especially my dad worked in plumbing and heating and construction. He was hiring workers, all these different types of people and all the different types of struggles they've had to go, go through being in this country. I have that opportunity because of the place I was raised in. So I have a question for you. Does it really matter on where you are to understand this about white minorities have gone through their own struggles in this country. And so has the non-white minorities have gone through their own struggles. They're different. Is it possible or is it where people, depending on where they are, they can understand this more? It can help if, you know, you're in that situation and you are from a, a place with such diversity. Some people aren't from places of diversity. Uh, and some, uh, you know, some people that come here or that are from here only have seen uh, a lot of suffering in their time. And I feel that it's really ex experience based. You have a lot of experience. You've seen it for yourself as you've gotten older and you've lived through it. But for for others, they've only seen just a lot of suffering. It's as they say, the grass is always greener on the other side. And for an individual who lives in a very specific place that may have only seen suffering for majority of the people. And if there's only just one demographic of people that they look to and say, well, you know, why do they have it so good? You know, I don't feel that in a lot of ways, it's not that well understood that everybody has a struggle. Everybody has difficulties. It's not just racism, but it's all kind of all kinds of you know, factors that play into that. You've it's, uh, it's also the same thing where I have a very close friend of mine. She lives in California. She's from Iowa. And she always brings it up whenever the conversation comes up where she says, you know, I'm just plain vanilla. You ever heard that saying? I'm just, you know, plain vanilla. There is this thing where a lot of white minorities, because she's she comes from Scandinavian German as well as English descent, where they're like, well, we're vanilla, you know, like we're white. You also have all that history that goes with you're just white. You know, it's not just you're just white. And I say this fully, any person that is white and comes from minority, be proud of it. It's matter, you know, you're not dark skin, who cares? So what? You're white. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard I'm plain vanilla. That's an interesting way of putting it. That's how but, she put it. But yeah. 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 I mean, still being from Iowa, there may only be certain demographic of people. The the struggle may may be the same overall for those that live there. Looking through her lens or perspective that that may be all that she has seen is that you know the her environment the culture that's there within that state or that city or town 
it's not an easy thing to relate to. Much like how I think if people just reflect on minority groups and what they have gone through the past century, again, it may seem that the grass is always greener on the other side and education is the most important. I mean, you know, we, we got to bring up the minorities from Europe because they are crucial in understanding immigration in the United States. It's more than that because we mentioned this in the second episode of this season, where it's kind of like behind the curtain, right? We're there giving over to our society and we don't necessarily have to see it. It's there. They're giving over. Again, we don't actually have to see it. So it's kind of the same thing. It's where we said this in the last episode, the difference between race and color. Race and color doesn't mix. It's not the, you know, it, it's not, the, not same the same thing. 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 Yeah. So it's the same thing here where a minority is not based on color. A minority is based on minority. That's what it is. It's you are a minority of a place. You want to say, well, there's so many Italians here. Well, there is a lot of Italians here in the United States, but they're not everywhere. They still are a minority. Whole and whole. They never originated from here. They came here 100 years ago. A little bit more. I think it's about 155 that Italians started immigrating to the United States. They came later to be part of the United States country. But you still need to give these people credit because, again, they are a minority, whether they be white. As we understand it, right, because white was the majority in the United States at the same time as they blended in over time, they forgot where they came from. And even more so, the discriminations against others became more prominent that were non-white. They deserve, at least from that context, I want to say the recognition that whether they see themselves as a minority or not, even being white, that they came from somewhere else. And over time, they went from being a minority to more of a majority. And that's, I think, the current, the current understanding uh, that we have in the U.S. today. Uh, and that is evolving. I think if we look at the the whole population, uh, what, 350 million Americans, there's a very high likelihood that all of us are minorities. Now, that can be taken well by the audience, and it may not from what that's we are. True. That's true. Actually, that's actually true. This country was founded by minorities because the 13 colonies wasn't Cherokee and Navajo Indians. <clears throat> sorry, natives. Right, natives. I'm sorry, sorry right. natives. They were founded by English, Dutch, French settlers. See, it's important when you listen in history class from your elementary school. They, they don't teach this in elementary school. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I had a, we did the early history of America when I was in eighth grade talked about the 13 well that this is a i went to private school so i don't know how public school works so that's what we learned and not very well not very well <laughs> uh but what we were told was the 13 colonies was dutch english and french settlers that came to the new land 
again, they weren't Navajo. They weren't Cherokee. They were minorities because they're not the majority of the country. So, so each one of those groups were most certainly a minority. Correct. And could we say that the natives that were here, if their numbers were great enough, were they particularly they still, the majority? Well, still to this day, they are the majority, even though they are little. The reason for this is they've been in this country for 12,000 years. I heard this from a researcher on YouTube. I forgot what his name was. He has like 13 million subscribers, really cool stuff. He said Native Americans, because they've been here for 12,000 years, their generations now understand this country way more than we do. And it's interesting because, unfortunately, there's not that many of them left. But in many ways, they do. Think about it. One of the largest cannabis distributions in California that has farms, a lot of their help and a lot of their land that they build their, their farms to be able to grow cannabis is all done thanks to Native American tribes that are nearby. Again, you know, it's like we went through this whole thing of slavery and and uh, the white stereotype that existed in the U.S. for, for a long time uh, until it was pretty much eradicated by the 70s and 80s. Think about this for a second. The majority of this country originally was non-white. So we're kind of invading on their land. You have a bunch of white supremacists that are screaming, white rules. Yeah, man, this land is owned by natives. They're not white. I mean, from a from a technical yeah standpoint, yeah. it's owned by the American government, which is still technically not us. That's not the point I'm trying to bring out. I'm trying to bring out a point is where with this whole idea of European immigrants, especially white immigrants, we mentioned before about Scandinavian descent. Again, I'm not trying to be discriminating against them. However, there has been this idea of, well, we are white and yet we're a minority, but we are technically a majority because now the majority of this country is white. But they it's tend white. to forget that this nation was run and ruled, remember, 12,000 years. That is older than any, un any other country in the world. Older than Hindu, meaning India. So they've been in this land longer than the United States has been founded by 12-fold. I don't even know the numbers. I barely even know math. But I'm just saying is we're, this country's new, and this whole white supremacy crap and bullshit all started off of this idea of, well, we're white and we're a majority. And then not realizing who ran this country, but again, separating that and understanding just because people immigrated here after America was founded and just because they were white doesn't mean that they have to be pushed away because of that. That's the point I'm trying to bring out. It's incredible to think that it goes back 12,000 years. Well, you know, you say country, it's more, more of the continent and the land itself of, um, that these natives had lived on, developed on, migrated all over. You know, there were nomads a lot of the times. And it, it's, uh, it is insane that it far exceeds the history of this country, 
even the topic of white supremacy uh, is just which is next week ignorant. People. It's just mind blowingly ignorant to think that it would have the same type of influence or control today uh, when we have discussed so much exactly what has comprised this entire nation up until present day. So the conclusion, and we're not, we're not done yet. We still have a lot more to talk about, but the conclusion out of all of this is European immigrants are, are not only important, they make up our society more than we know it. They have brought over European culture and crafts for our country. They brought over this new sense of experience where we now have this diversity is vital even though their skin tone is white, even more, they are forgotten because of this. So easy because we have this idea of immigrant separation by color. And the media gets to choose what we hear and what we see. We are to give credit to all the fantastic European immigrants and families who decided to be a part of our great nation. Always remember this, that we may not be the same, we do not come from the same place, but we have our stories to share and our history of giving over. Remembering this is always important where immigration is immigration. Race is race. Color is color. No one of those things is the same, nor will it ever be in any type of literature or type of text, because simply... They cannot be the same. If you decided that the color blue is always going to be used for one thing, well, guess what? Day and night is blue. They're not the same. They're both the same color. They're not the same. One's nighttime and one's daytime. So now you're deciding that blue is the same thing. Well, go tell all those people that are sleeping at night and all those people that are working during the day that it's the same thing. doesn't work that way. It's a very good point. And I just really appreciate, you know, the concepts and ideas and your perspective overall. It's always a pleasure that we can go back and forth and talk about our ideas on the matter and what, uh, what we think we know and what we can substantiate through facts. And to come to a conclusion of realizing that this great country, though it's not that old, has had so many contributions from so many people. And to have the ability to express to all these listeners that we, we all have something to bring to the table, no matter where you're from. And it's you, the individual, that can bring something really amazing to this great country of ours to continue making it great. From there, it's our, our children and our children's children. It, it just will continue having this basic understanding of we all came from somewhere. We all have struggles. Covering the immigrants from Europe was really, really good. That was a, a great idea to share with the audience. In a, bro in a broader perspective, it's, uh, it's absolutely true to, to kind of bring it in that light and have right. everyone see it for what it is. I remember as a kid, I'm a huge Disney head. I love Disney. I have freaking Stitch tattooed on my arm. I've seen I, that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I have a Stitch tattoo. 
there's one ride which I'm going to get a lot of hate for this because a lot of people have a very mixed opinions on this. It's called It's a Small World. It was the brainchild of Walt Disney. He created it originally for the 1964 World Fair in New York City, and then he brought it to Disneyland. When you go through the ride, they show you different cultures, and they're all these little puppets, and they're singing, and it's hilarious. But I love the concept. It's a small world. This idea, you were saying this already. It is a small world. Yeah, there's 7.4 billion people on this planet. Here's the cool thing. You run into a bar, and I guarantee you, when you start talking to people, you'll find out that this guy is Irish and German. That girl is Cambodian and Canadian. You'll find out that other guy is English and Uruguayan. And then you start meeting other people, and you realize, oh, my God, they're from all these different places. And they live here in the United States. They're born here. Because, again, kind of like Walt Disney's ride, it's a small world because it is. Got all different types of people traveling all different types of places and all of them different places at different times. That is the best example of all of this. It's a small world. Very well said, David. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for watching today's episode. Uh, like always, we make sure to post episodes every single Tuesday so you guys can go ahead and watch. Uh, also make sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash lost in the groove. This is Dave and Mike thanking you so much for watching our podcast today, and you guys have a great rest of your day. Peace.